0: this is
1: wow! what a week what a week (laughs) politics welcome to our what a week hashtag politics now recently a president of a party's youth league changed a senior member's title from minister of employment to minister of unemployment some might agree some will disagree however Judging from your responses, there's no such debate regarding our next guest. Please give a wow. welcome back to our Minister of Interpretation, Butsang Mwilwa. Proud man.
0: Morning, morning, fresh and morning to the followers and the viewers. Yeah, uh, at least my my job is still safe here. (laughs) I'm like the Minister of Unemployment. No, no,
1: your your position is safe uh, for the rest of your life, so. Thank you. Coalition Forum, what on earth is that?
0: Uh, well, uh, we should remember that uh, the country has experienced after the 2021 uh, local elections, yes. local government elections. It has happened even before where there was a coalition in the city of Cape Town, but mainly after the 2021 local government election. We experienced it in, in the entire country, you know, mm-hmm. and especially in the metros where there was no outright winner of of a metro a municipality and therefore they were being forced to go into coalition governments where one party one small party will engage the other mm. in order to form a coalition government so in fear of the fact that we discussed in the past that there is no law that is regulating coalitions in south africa mm. there's been proposals tabled in parliament to consider having a law or a regulation that will govern a coalition government and we are going as a country to national elections, you know, next year, in 2024. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I think being proactive, uh, for the very first time, but I've got my, you know, different opinion on that, being proactive, the, the ruling party, the ANC, or the government, mm-hmm. actually, because this was a government event, you know, uh, uh, the deputy president leading it as the leader of government business, sure. decided to call all political parties into, you know, an engagement mm-hmm. to look at you know, proposing and coming with ideas on what kind of regulation the government can have before the 2024 national election. Yes, sir. Because there are signs or there are talks that the ruling party may uh, lose, you know, 50%. And, and 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 the opposition will like that. Obviously, uh, in case that happens and there's no outright winner, what happens? Because mm-hmm. we don't want, as a nation, the chaos that we are seeing in municipalities that sure. has affected service delivery. So this engagement, it was, you know, it was about brainstorming. It was a workshop about that. However, one there are there were political parties that that, that boycotted the engagement. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, uh, Surprisingly, the EFF, which is the, the third largest uh, uh, political party nationally in South Africa. Mm-hmm. But even those that attended, it was a two, three-day session. Those who attended on the first day, like the pan Africanist Congress of Azania, as well as the United Democratic Front, mm-hmm. they attended the first day. They lashed the whole process and they, they, they staged a out and mm-hmm. never attended. So the ANC and the DA and other small parties remained behind to, to complete the business of the day. But uh, I've, 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 I didn't see the reason why the UDM decided to walk out. But I've, I've read the official statement and listened to the PAC's statement to say, but the ANC has failed, and now they want to correct and clean their failures by using other want to lose power. That's the first part. The second part, they said, even worse... Mm. The basic document of the discussion that was held uh, last weekend, it is it is based on research and, and consultation with foreign governments, particularly the coloni- the former colonialists, you know, oh, yes, uh, yes. Britain and so. So the PC was like, we still have to go to Britain to do a case study on how to form coalition. So we still go to the former colonial master, uh, that funded and sponsored apartheid. So it doesn't help. I, I think personally. It is the ANC gradually preparing itself to say, who will they go to bed with mm. in case they lose? That's the first part. Sure. The second part, I think it's also an effort in the right direction, because mm. as a nation, we can't find ourselves operating. And we can't be in limbo, is because in the, now there's haggling and horse trading. Uh, absolutely. I think it's a step in the right direction. Mm. But I am just worried that the ruling party may use that to can actually clinch to power strategically. If the other parties working out and boycotting the process does not help because at some stage the proposed document will go into parliament and and if these other parties Mm. that they want to topple the ANC whether as individual parties or collectively are not part of the proposed documents by the time that proposed document reaches parliament Mm. the ANC has a majority in parliament they may use their majority with their allies to can make it into law which will actually make them to win this whole process so working out and not contributing to the to the proposed document. It's very dangerous, but what I can tell you also is uh, any act or law of that nature that will impact on the electorate of the country will need a two-third majority sure. in parliament to become an act of parliament. Mm-hmm. So I think we are going to be observing this throughout the next coming months, how it unfolds. But I don't think it will be wise if we can, as a nation, go into the 2024 national elections uh, without a roadmap of how we are going to run the country I see us going back to the government of national unity uh, uh, that happened through 1996 Constitution you know mm-hmm. where uh, even if the ANC had won the election but they needed a consultation with other parties mm-hmm. to be able to engage they didn't just use their up- up- outright majority at the time until the Constitution was passed in 1996 you sure. for those two years, I see us going into that phase from 2024 moving forward. Would
1: you say the inclusivity that was the government of national unity served its purpose back then? No, it it
0: did serve its purpose. One, it stabilized the country politically Mm. at that time, even when there were very serious challenges. It stabilized the country. It served its purpose purpose because eventually after two years of the government of national unity being in place... The uh, Constitution of the Republic of South Africa, the 1996 Constitution was signed into law. You mm-hmm. understand? So mm-hmm. it did, whether the Constitution is the best or the good Constitution or not, it, it's a story for another day, but it served its purpose. Sure. And I think uh, uh, it was a collective engagement as well. You know, you should mm-hmm. recall that at that time we still had the National Party, the the, the Democratic Alliance was still the Democratic Party, and things like that. So it did serve its purpose. I am glad it did not stay longer. Two years was enough. Mm-hmm. For a constitution to come, to can give a roadmap, but our constitution needs a lot of revision. Uh, it was a compromised constitution. Why are we taking
1: so long to review the constitution? Uh, I mean, I mean, we 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 were often told it's a living uh, document, exactly that, that should evolve. But almost thirty years uh, down the uh, down the line, nothing.
0: But there, definitely, there's been insignificant changes and in amendments to the constitution. Insignificant, mm. minor ones. You know, we can talk of the language that was introduced on the on the on the 19th of July, Standard, you know, the the, the yes. sign language. It's it's insignificant. Well, it's important, but I'm saying. The fundamental, core, fundamental funds of the new South Africa Mm in invented commerce, Mm -hmm. we have not seen that. That's why people are now lambasting the constitution to say, but this constitution, we were sold, you know, a pie in the sky. It is not addressing the inequalities Mm -hmm. of the past, especially economic inequalities. It is not addressing the land question, you know, one of the founding... Uh, liberation movement struggle was was the equal distribution of the land in terms of the population demographics, mm. and, and 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 I always tell people when the ANC was formed in 1912, and they said boo they were talking about the return of the land to the people. So the constitution is actually not addressing the imbalance of the past. We can even see how people are fighting and struggling at the moment uh, with with squatter camps that becomes townships. You understand? Mm. So it's it's actually accelerating and moving forward with the creation of the apartheid era people are not supposed to be excited about township i hear people talking about township economy Township why do we want township economy why don't we want the suburb economy why don't we want the industrial economy why are we still reducing ourselves as a nation to the apartheid created township and, and 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 we want to leave the suburbs for those who can afford and the elite we, we, we were supposed to dismantle some of those things, mm. and, and, and those things are enshrined in the Constitution, you know, sure. the, the issue of minority rights. Yes, the majority rules, mm. but the minority rights are guaranteed. And we still see the Constitution that protects, one, the atrocities of apartheid, two, that protects land ownership or economic ownership by foreign nationals, and by forn, I don't mean Africa as many people think, you know, including Europeans who are still owning mines in South Africa. Mm. and and we we state yes, as you said, it's been a long time, but I think the delay is the is is the unwillingness of politicians. I don't think there's rebellious politicians who says enough it's enough. Mm. and and the ANC they should have used their majority. it have addressed quite a number of things. It have addressed economic issues. it have addressed even employment issues. I know there's labor laws. But we still have people in farms. This week already, there were, somebody was killed in a farm in Pumalanga, and you know, uh, off we didn't make noise about it, mm. uh, uh, and, and nobody took about. Black people are killed in farms in South Africa more than white people. Mm. Not because they're in majority, but it's them who are being killed. We don't we don't get skirmishes of white people being killed, and this is where we should put the constitution. You know constitutional rights of of people but we change a number of things sure children age from 21 to 18 sad stories of you know one thing about our condition that i will never forgive lawmakers in this country is to allow and this is very controversial mm. an age of sex in south africa according to the laws of this country it's age 16 you know when you are 16 and above you are you are allowed to say you have consented to sex sure okay but the age of adulthood or majority is 18. Sure. There's a disjuncture there already. Mm. When do you become an adult at 18? But at 16, you can have sex. It's okay. They allowed it. But the worst is we have abortion laws in this country. Mm. Do you know that, Fresh and the viewers, that a child at age 12, a girl, yes. let me not even say a child, a girl at age 12 mm. can decide to go and have an abortion without the consent of the parent? Mm. Mm. illegal abortion. Mm. A con- now, now the, that's where the juncture is. I don't know what were the lawmakers thinking that time that we say you can't have unconcerned, you can't have sex under the age of 16. Because yeah, if you're 12, then you were
1: raped. Yes, if you're 12, you were raped. That, you, you might have consented
0: because you think statutory, you have agents, yes. but it's still statutory rape. Yeah, so so if you are 14 and you find yourself pregnant, you can walk into a clinic mm. and have abortion without your parents knowing, mm. or, or, or or your boyfriend, or whoever. And you can see the disjuncture in our laws. And with all the mothers in parliament, uh, making laws, I I don't understand what went wrong. But those are some of the things that I personally would like to see, changes in the constitution, especially the land question. And when I speak of land, you all know I'm speaking about the economy. Whether it's the sea, the rivers, the mountains, the what, all the land with its economy. And that's what I want to see. Let's stay in
1: parliament. Uh, Just quickly, uh, Zandile Mafe. Um, allegedly burnt parliament, um, allegedly says he burnt it because parliament should not be in Cape Town. It must either be in Bloom or in Pretoria. Yeah. And now we are told he is not mentally fit to stand
0: trial. Yes. Uh, yeah, looking at the courts, you know, there, there, there's an delay story, uh, uh, Mafe. is it Mafé? Mafé, yes. Yeah, it, it's so funny because it's a self-confession. And, you know, I, I don't understand why would... Uh, he thinks the parliament must not be in Cape Town. I mean, he's a Cape Townian. He benefits by being there for having parliament there. Nonetheless, I'm one of the people that says the parliament should have never been in Cape Town. Mm. So we are the the only country on earth which has three capital cities. Mm. We've got administrative capital, which is Swane, or Pretoria. Then we've got the the judicial capital, which is Bloomfontein, And then we've got the legislative uh, capital, which is Cape Town. Mm. Uh, Waste of resources. And I think it was to accommodate... Uh, the opposition party to keep it there. But Zandile's uh, 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 defense, uh, I think at some stage it was represented by Advocate Mupo for the senior counsel. Mm. They had said, uh, they applied for a mental evaluation and a review, and the results that came out was that he is unfit to can stand trial. He said that the, the results, meaning the psychological assessment mm. or psychiatric assessment, had said he's unfit to can stand trial. Uh, so, think, yeah, I think it was assessed by three different uh,
1: psychiatrists. Yes, yes. Uh, who've all uh, come to the same conclusion.
0: They've come to the same conclusion. Right. So, yeah, the man is going to walk scot free, I think, you know, as per the law. Uh, well, not scot free, maybe he will be, he will be condemned to a psychiatric institution. But he's not going to stand trial for arson and go to jail. That's that's where we are as a nation. Let's stay in Cape Town.
1: Um, Now there's an impasse, uh, there's been an impasse uh, over the last uh, week or so um, between uh, taxi operators and uh, the city of Cape Town. Mm. City of Cape Town uh, impounding uh, taxis. And uh, Santaco saying it's unfair that we are being targeted and you're not applying the same stringent uh, uh, laws and bylaws to other motorists. And uh, that why are you impounding our businesses? Because that is what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, the they, ANC are obviously gonna flip it and say uh it's the DA flexing their muscles before the elections.
0: They they played a political game and let me just put that, that disclosure first that uh due to the nature of my official duties, I cannot a talk on this platform or any platform about uh, transport issues. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, but I will talk about it from the political point of view mm-hmm. that you have raised to yeah. say the DA and ANCF went into a political battle. It's gone It's gone. Polit- uh, it gone politics completely. For me, it's no longer about the, the Santa Claus and the taxes and all that. I will look at this and talk about it from the legal perspective mm-hmm. to say uh, the national laws are binding all over and everybody in the country, mm-hmm. And obviously municipalities may have bylaws uh, constitutionally that are different from one municipality to another. But in this instance, looking at the national laws of the, you know, uh, Road Transportation Act or National Land Transport Act, uh, that the city of Cape Town is relying on, they are all at fault. Mm-hmm. That's the first part. If you are relying on a national one, we are all at fault. But Also, let us just be a little bit practical. You know, I always say to people, there's two organizations that are not political, but they've got political power. It's SAFA. They are are run politically. Mm -hmm. When SAFA cops, the ruling party shakes. You can see how powerful SAFA, you know, leaders are in the ruling party, despite the fact that Denis Jordan was, 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 you know, a a, a mayor of Nelson Mandela Bay at some stage, uh, which is Quebec today. The second one, it's The it's Santago, and Santago is not the only taxi association in the mm-hmm. country. We have the National uh, Taxi uh, uh, Association NTA, mm-hmm. but you must see that you will always hear about Santago, Santago, Santago. And Santago receives received money from the state, the other one doesn't. And Santago's headquarters are in the same building as the Department of Transport, just for information, they're mm-hmm. sitting there. Mm-hmm. So, so. I think there's a political battle between the DA and the ANC. There, the the DA will be, will not be wrong in applying municipal bylaws, but what you should do is you must apply it across the board. So yes. if fresh is driving in Cape Town... Don't target a specific don't group. Don't target a specific group. Yeah. And I think that is discrimination if you are doing that. Mm-hmm. You understand? And, and also we know that who are the taxi owners or who are the taxi users. It's black people in this country. So I think the DA is shooting itself in the foot in, in, the, in the city of Cape Town because it will look like they are targeting uh, 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 taxis which are used by blacks and owned by black people. So, so there is that issue. But also, you know, I was thinking about it. Uh, what are they trying to do in the city of Cape Town with this? They're actually trying to satisfy and excite their constituency. The DA constituency in Cape Town is literally foreign people who are rich and who don't use taxes, Mm. and it's white people. So if these people are not happy about the way the taxes operate and conduct themselves and they're irritants, and they will take business from most probably white-owned businesses within the city, Within the city, like the e-howling and other forms of transport that we find in Cape Town. So, I think it's a political battle, uh, a, a, with a very distasteful political battle that you, you, you find a national minister, not even one, not only of the transport. I even hear the Minister of Police was involved in this whole thing, pointing fingers at each other mm. at the expense of the nation, at the expense of the masses. So, I think the sooner this issue gets resolved, the better for the people of Cape Town and the surrounding areas. Uh, 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 we saw you know, how bad it is that people cannot even go to work. Yeah. So the impact on, and there's even loss of life because of this whole thing. Mm. And, and again, fresh, this is like sending people to prison. We've got an overcrowding prison as an example. Now, if you are going to take a person who has stolen a chicken in a supermarket and you send them to two months in prison when we have overcrowded, I don't say people must not be in prison, Mm -hmm. charged and found guilty for their wrongdoing, but imagine sitting there and impounding a vehicle. The cost of impounding, picking it up, Mm -hmm. storing it, and all that—whether the cost goes to the owner, or the the, 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 you know illegal uh, driver, or the city—but there's a cost involved. Somebody somehow, and for what? You know, for not paying your fines, for for uh, you didn't have a number plate. Yes, it's a rule. That a vehicle must have a number plate. It's a rule that mm-hmm. the vehicle must have a valid disc. You understand? It all happens. But imagine if all unroadworthy mm-hmm. and roadworthy is not only being physically well. It means you must have documents for mm-hmm. the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Imagine if all unroadworthy vehicles in a city like Joburg or I get impounded, we'll come to stand still as a nation. And I don't, I do not condone lawlessness. But in applying laws, rules, and regulations, you don't have to be rigid. You have to be very flexible and look at, you know, a balance of probabilities. Now the president could not go and have his Women's Month in Bizo in the city of Cape Town because Mm -hmm. of this. BRICS is sitting in the city of Cape Town very soon. And this thing is happening. And somebody was saying, do the check balances. The DA has been talking to the United States. The DA has been engaging the United States as a provincial, not a municipal. Do you think it's Government. a possible sabotage of the BRICS summit? Want to b- 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 let's sabotage the BRICS summit. It's not coming here. We are part of the United States of America, not the Republic of South Africa. Therefore, we are not going to allow BRICS to come and sit in in, in the Republic of Cape Town. Yeah, I mean, look, it's political. Mm. I don't rule that out. Understand? To say why did this happen now? drivers, and I don't want to talk about taxis. drivers generally in the Republic of South Africa. We are bad drivers generally. There's a general lawlessness. it is. A disregard for we, basic we, traffic. We road, as, road, as yeah. a nation yeah. have one of the worst road fatalities in the world. Mm. We are on the top five, I think so, of the world. Mm. Road fatalities, we are bad drivers, less lawlessness. Now, why, if there's been lawlessness for all these years, you will have to wait for this critical moment where there are a number of lined-up events that must happen in Cape Town, and you just start impounding 6,000 taxis. So why don't they also impound other vehicles that Mm -hmm. are breaking the laws in Cape Town? Why only the taxis? Mm -hmm. You know, what about other road users? You can't tell me that everybody who drives in Cape Town. Ideas to the rules and regulations.
1: And, and 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 my argument is, you know, sanction people, but don't take the vehicles. Also, because, I mean, if I'm giving Butsang my vehicle, uh, Botsang is my driver. Yes, an and, employee. And Bozang drinks. Um, one, I, I can't monitor that Butsang was drinking. Exactly. So, arrest Botsang, Throw him in jail if that's what you need to do. But Ooh. give me back my vehicle. Yes. I mean, imagine if every truck that transgresses the r- rules of the road was impounded. Absolutely. What would happen? What would happen? That means zero delivery. Exactly. That means zero delivery. Exactly. So we can't impound people's businesses unless the vehicle is not roadworthy. Exactly. Then it's a different it's story. It's a different story. They'll keep the car. Yeah. Uh, keep the vehicle until it's roadworthy again. But
0: reckless driving, over speeding, jumping the robot. You can't the, you, you, can't, you can't. You can't. You see, there's something I've learned in, in my career about imp- impounding of vehicles yeah. and uh, uh, when legal people were talking to me about it you know it was a lesson
1: yeah
0: that courts require uh, evidence of a product that was used to commit a crime true let me make an example if you are transporting people From here to uh, Mozambique, Mm. and they cause the when the police find drugs in your vehicle. In this instance, Mm. they will have to impound the vehicle, even if the drugs were carried by a passenger. The driver would not know what is in the vehicle. So, what people are talking about is that all legal, you know, eagles Mm. are saying the court will say what was the mode of transporting that thing. And look, we're talking public transport here. It's a difference, you know. For me, it's a public transport. And you are correct when you say, if the driver, who is an employee, misbehaves at work, do not punish. Like if you are in a factory and you are driving a forklift and the regulation is that you can't use that machinery, which is a forklift under the influence of alcohol. And somebody decides to come to work and he injures. Somebody at work. There are regulations of somebody being injured at work and, and misconduct of an employee. But you don't go and shut that factory because sure. one employee came to work under the influence of alcohol. And I think it's the same principle. Don't punish the business. Don't punish the business, but punish and punish within the legal framework as well and be reasonable. The laws are not are not there actually to punish people, but to regulate us to behave and conduct ourselves in a certain manner. And and not just we should not just be punitive for the sake of being punitive. We we are a democratic state, a constitutional state. And I think you know those are some of the things they should be looking into. But I hope they resolve this Cape Town issue as soon as possible. So way, talking of BRICS, uh, uh I suspect, and we will talk about it next week, that the the heads of states of BRICS, except the host obviously, may boycott the BRICS uh, uh,
1: summit. In fact, um, a week ago, there was talk uh, that Modi of India would not be attending. But um, Minister Pandor says it's a rumor. And it's not true that uh, Modi did not say he's not attending the BRICS summit representing India.
0: Yeah. Look, what transpired, I don't know if it was a rumor, but what I've learned transpired is that even President Ramaphosa engaged him Mm. To say no but you can't do that now what doesn't make sense is the reason why modi wouldn't want to attend now mm. well that doesn't make sense because they the, the, what the media gave out was that he is uh, very concerned and worried about the conduct of china you know there's that old mm. historical battle of china occupying uh, a part of india uh, mm. where i practice my, my 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 spiritual that, part yes, so so uh, I think that, but it can't be the reason now because India and China have been in the BRICS all along. So I partially want to agree with Minister Pando to say it doesn't make sense, but where there's smoke, you know, there's, there's fire. Uh, I think the talk is going along those lines. It will not surprise me. It will not surprise me that too, we will see BRICS event going ahead, but without the heads of states. It won't surprise me if it happens.
1: It's a wait and see situation. We'll see what happens. Yeah, um, Minister Gordon writing a letter to management at Eskom. What is that letter
0: about? Uh, Minister Gordon actually reminded me of a, a fellow from the Northwest Province, mm. uh, uh, the former Premier of the Northwest Province, uh, who was also the chairperson. Uh, of, oh, uh, oh, what's uh, of, of the ANC giving himself a hearing? Yes, and uh, that the, the, the chairperson of the ANC mm. wrote to the premier of the province according to the directive. So, 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 Minister, Minister Gordon reminds me of that situation. What Minister Gordon has done, he has written to the management of ESCOM, mm. obviously, the board and the executive. Firstly, to inform them that he's exercising his powers according to some PFMA Mm. uh, 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 rule or or option, he's exercising those powers by disbanding and selling. Let's use the word: he's Mm. selling the distribution leg of Eskom. And remember which leg is that? It's the leg that has been on the news, that created problems, Mm. the thefts, the millions, the wrong deliveries. So he's selling it and bundling to another state-owned company, another SOE. So he's removing it from Mm ESCOM to another one. But that SOC does not exist. He has created it within the Department of uh, Public Enterprises. So he creates a company Mm -hmm. in his own department that will actually take the powers of a certain chunk, you know, big chunk of ESCOM distribution responsibility Mm -hmm. to this state-owned company. But you know what? It is still in the same department. He's just removing it from the management of ESCOM mm. directly and the port. So this will no longer be reporting. That lake will no longer be a reporting to ESCOM port. Is it good community. or a bad thing? Should we, we be concerned? Look, uh, uh, there, there's two ways. Um, it, 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 there has been a lot of corruption. I think they are trying, or he is trying with his team, mm. to deal with the corrupt activities of the distribution battle, sure. but in a wrong way. Understand? Mm. Moving it and creating another state-owned entity that will cost them more uh, in terms of personnel and running another mm-hmm. company within the same I minute. Mean, it doesn't make sense. Okay. Deal with the problem. The problem is corruption. The problem is theft. The problem is delivering materials of inferior quality okay. and, and, and taking the problem and shifting it somewhere. It means You're not dealing with it. You, are shifting, you may find the same problems on the other side, but I am just afraid that, that this may be another Pravin Godan's strategy of selling state-owned companies to people who are very close to him, and they, like they did with, with the uh, you know uh, uh, the postnet, you not know, postnet as well as the transnet part, mm. it may be someone says, "Who's going to be the CEO, the board, and everything of this company? What are their interests? Mm. If they are selling it to them, where is the money going to come from that is going to buy this leg or this branch of Eskom, mm. uh, this new entity?" Where, where are they going to get money? Are they going to state resources to buy state resources? But who will be the shareholders? Who will be the stakeholders? That's something we must watch.
1: All right, and uh, watch it we shall. We are two weeks into Niger having a military uh, ruler. Yes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Minister of Finance
0: is being brought in. Yes, they've they've now brought in a Minister of Finance. To come and stabilize because remember what they did is they they've cut uh, uh, foreign exports uh, that was controlled by France and French companies mm. and mm. French banks so you obviously need uh, a, a money person to can handle those things they, I think that was the right move they needed a minister of Finance mm. earlier and quicker than anything and especially with sanctions you know under them and all those minerals that are being fought for in, in, in fact, one thing that really struck a, a
1: note with me. Uh, was with the the, the, the new military uh, dude in Niger saying, we've been having aid from France for over 50 years and we're still poor. In- so if they stop it, we'll be fine. Yeah. We, we, we will just be forced to work harder.
0: Well, what benefit have they derived from France aiding them? France takes 100 bucks from Mali and gives them 11 packs. And Mali is one of the poorest countries on Earth with the richest minerals on Earth. So you have been suffering, so why is they in a situation that perpetuated your suffering? You know, from colonialism to today, Mali didn't improve on anything.
1: You know, one thing that blows my mind, um, especially with a lot of our leaders on the continent, the fact that Niger is supplying all this uranium to France so that France can have electricity across the entire country.
0: And nuclear weapons.
1: But your average Nigerian doesn't have electricity. Yes.
0: Zero. Yes. They supply... Like, how does it make sense? Well, it's, it's africa lacking leaders. That's why most of the people in the continent at the moment, you know, decolonizing of their mind. People are saying, but this course, let us look back. It's not just like the military is taking over. If they are progressive... Mm -hmm. And therefore the people, then we will support them. And we have had successful coups actually in in Africa. One of them that is actually, you know, the highlight of the African politics is Thomas Mm Sankara. That was a military captain, came to become the the, the president. He cut his own salary. He cut all the benefits for the sake of the people. Mm -hmm. And he made Burkina Faso. Not to be a dependent country anymore, so it it takes leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, the continent lacks leadership. Whereby it's the same with us in South Africa. Platinum, gold, diamonds—they are leaving their country, but are they plowing back? We get finished product. It's expensive for me and you mm-hmm. to buy a diamond drink or a gold drink that is finished somewhere, and they come back here. But I think that's exploitation of the minerals in mm-hmm. in, in Mali. The the world has opened up now. There are other countries who will be interested. And and, and that can get into deals with Mali to use the uranium, yeah. with Niger, sorry, yeah. and 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 to benefit from that. And let the country benefit. Let Niger benefit from their natural resources. And and why should I give you my natural resources? that are worth trillions of dollars. And you tell me you are giving me foreign aid. Why are you aiding me when you are actually dependent on me? Exactly. France is actually dependent. I'm keeping your lights on. I'm keeping your lights on. I'm helping you create light bulbs. France today yeah. may bomb Niger with Chemical weapons or military weapons that were made with the uranium from Mali, and that's what they are threatening to do. Mm. But I, I also that I think the West will be very cheeky, mm. should they go into war with 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 Mali, they, they will actually, they, with Niger, mm. they will actually demonstrate how much they don't care about lives in Africa. They'll be very cheeky because at the moment, countries like Russia, you know, uh, 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 and and other interested countries around. Uh, uh, and Niger like Mali, Burkina Faso, Algeria and 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 Guinea have stood up and said you're not touching our brother. We are brothers in arms, we'll team exactly. up together as nations. You're not going to impose economic sanctions. You can impose economic sanctions. You understand? They're no fly zone, they're still flying between each other. And I want to see I'm surprised that other regional bodies mm. like SADAC, as well as the East African community, the EAC, have been silent instead of engaging their brother uh, 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 West African ECOWAS. Mm-hmm. I think they should have, because it's going to impact on other regions as well. Whatever is Absolutely. happening yet, ECOWAS will impact mm-hmm. on SADAC, will impact on the EAC. But I don't think there's been enough diplomatic engagement between the three regional bodies that are playing a very important role. For peacekeeping in Africa, the AU as well as the continental body can't sit there and just support ECOWAS without looking at the fundamental mm. problems in that region. Uh, uh, are, 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 the, are, are the military rulers of Niger wrong, mm. or are the issues they are raising uh, and not important for the people of if we care about the people of Niger? then why don't we engage and listen diplomatically and peacefully with this military government instead of just imposing sanctions on them and as well as threatening them with a military you know operation uh, and i think that's the concern that's something i'm concerned with and I, I think you know for the longest
1: time african leaders have had this cup, where yes there's meant to be a peer review mechanism within the au yeah. but Everyone minds their own business. Yeah, they mind their own business. You know, guys are running their countries into the ground. And and then when the military wake up and say, actually, no, this is rubbish. Yeah. Then we wake up and say, Yeah, what of democracy?
0: Exactly. We we are sitting with a situation whereby we see heads of states in the continent Mm. destroying the lives of their own people. You know, jailing people undemocratically, unconstitutionally, changing laws, they will stay in power forever. And we are quiet about it. We are silent as diplomats about it, instead of engaging when the problem is not expanding. Mm. You know, but now the problem is out of hand. The military comes and says, No, but we are taking charge of our own country. Then we want to jump in. That's double sided. Then, you know, that's, you know, you are, are, are double dipping, actually. Mm. When it suits, as if, as if military. Military states are a wrong thing. There's nothing wrong with military states as long as they are there to serve the nation. I, I, I said the other day, I wouldn't mind to live under a dictator or a king or a military, but as long as that person serves the interest of the people. Now, why do we want a West imposed mm. through a democratic process? Elections, that we know, you buy elections. Mm. E- elections and democracy is money. And
1: and the West, uh, over the last uh, at least 50, 60 years, we know, um, have propped up uh, governments that they prefer. Exactly. they funded governments
0: that they prefer. And they are still... They've doing... assassinated people that they don't like. Exactly. They're, and they've done it. They assassinated them. You look at Patrice Lumumba, Thomas Sankara, everywhere. Mm. The regime change that happened in Latin America. Mm. The regime change that happened in, in the Middle East, you understand? It, it is because the West was funding, do to say... Uh, There's no democratic government there. But who in this world said a democratic government is the right government? We are are living in a democratic messed up state in South Africa at the moment. Mm -hmm. It is not as worse as in other countries. There's been democracy in, 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 in Zimbabwe. For all this, there's been elections, but we know what was going on with the William party rigging elections, like it's happening all over the world. We saw it in Brazil. We saw it in Venezuela. True. So now the people of a country, for me, is what the people want. The people of a na- the nation stands up and say, we are tired of this. The nice thing about Nij is that we saw the citizens rallying behind the military. Mm-hmm. Now, who are we from outsiders to say you can't have a coup there, when the people of that country says we are tired of these old people that we are electing, and we know we are not actually electing them. Mm-hmm. Those with money are determining who's going to win power, and they're not saving our interests. Exactly going back to your question. To say a president of the country is uranium, he produces electricity and his country does not have electricity. How? How? So you take those people out. Mm-hmm. The military, maybe they must be on a transitional phase, mm-hmm. whereby they will say, we will install democracy and civilian rule. Once we put people here, who will come and serve the interest of the nation. And I think this is the beginning of an African rebellion against the former colonizers to say, colonialism didn't end. You know, I was telling somebody last week to say when people talk of independence, mm. which state is independent in Africa? Mm. They're not independent. And we can use Niger as an example to so say they gained independence from, from uh, France over 50 years back, but they're still dependent on foreign aid from France. So wh- where is independence there? <laughs> There's no independence. When people celebrate Independence Day, independent from what? And giving people the
1: parliament, but hanging on to the banks, is not independence. It's it's not only. It's, 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 it's a false sense of where you're in control. You're not in control.
0: Exactly. You give them parliament, mm. and and you, then you you decide, as the former. a a, a colonizer who will sit in that parliament how will that person conduct himself so there's no freedom and there's no there's no independence from the former colonizers I think this military I I am not for loss of life I am not for uh, 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 people you know uh, lawlessness and no regulations but anything anything that will uproot the evil of colonialism from Africa we as Africans we should actually support it you know you you know when you take a tree and you cut it off and you still have leave the roots and the soil is fertile and the rainfall is good. After some time, that tree will be up again. So we did not uproot hmm. the evil of colonialism in Africa. That's why we are sitting here. We are still talking in English while we are true Botswana voice. You know and and what 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 uh, you know. Uh, reason will we give mm-hmm. so, no 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 but our followers are not only setswana speaking people okay that makes sense we can get away with that one but we did not uproot the evil of mm-hmm. colonialism as africans and i think these military people they must help us to speed it up 30 years in South africa we're still complaining about the constitution mm-hmm. and, and and this is some of the causes of military coups or or even overthrowing of government sure you know, it doesn't have to be the military, but it can be any other way. Some countries, they just go on mass protests. And, and, and it happened in Egypt, where there was mass protests that, that, that and they brought a government down without the military happening. So there's a different way in changing government despite elections and coups. Mass mobilization and mass protests are some of the tools that could be used. I think on that
1: note, uh, let's uh, nip it in the bud. Thank Thanks, you, Thank brother. you as always, uh, Where do we find you on social media? Where do we buy you?
0: Uh, on social media botsang m at gmail.com. And you may also go into my Facebook pages, Botsang. We will send a message there. Or you may actually WhatsApp 082 485 9100. And I've seen very positive comments about the show. Yesterday I spent a lot of time responding to 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 some of the comments about some of the videos. So very positive ones. People are very actually people are founding This show and this platform very educative and informative. And I like when people say I give balanced views. I don't like when when everybody praises me. Somebody must (laughs) criticise me. I give balanced views and I'm not afraid to talk. They don't know that me not being afraid to talk has got me into a lot of trouble. But I'm already immune to troubles.
1: Absolutely. And uh, that's uh, this week's edition of uh, Hashtag Politrix. We are coming to you from Amp Studios, downtown Johannesburg. Shout out to Africa Podcast Network. who works for the cinematography. Otis The Flo Fraser for all of our imaging. Our guest, Botsang Mudimwa Mimwi. Lua, creative director, Kuvesh Mohan. And our show producer, Kelezo King. Thank you for hanging out with us. You can email waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. Have a great Politrix week, in spite of yourselves.